welcome back to The Report, brought to you by the COVID-19 Literature Surveillance Team. I'm Will Smith, an EMS and emergency medicine physician in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I am also a clinical assistant professor affiliated with the University of Washington and the co-founder of the COVID-19 Literature Surveillance Project. We are keeping up to date with the latest research on SARS-CoV-2 and the disease it causes, COVID-19. We bring you real-time data from the research to help guide best practices as the pandemic continues to unfold. For complete summaries and links to each article to review further, please visit our website at covid19lst.org. Here's Jasmine, my co-founder with today's episode. Thanks, Will. And on today's episode, what is the relationship between COVID-19, tuberculosis, and migrants? What is the sensitivity and specificity of the current antibody tests? And why is the positive predictive value of these tests highly dependent on this epidemiological factor? Let's get started. The report for May 21st, 2020. Climate. In a rapid response opinion piece, bioethicist Paul Thompson calls for an interdisciplinary effort between social scientists, medical, veterinary, and agricultural experts to understand how the current interface between humans, animals, and the ecosystem requires a paradigm shift to prevent future zoonotic diseases. Epidemiology European infectious disease experts investigate the relationship between COVID-19, tuberculosis, and migrants. They retrospectively analyzed health data from 68 patients with both COVID-19 and documented TV infection from 26 countries. What they found was that in the hospitalized TB slash COVID-19 patients from Italy, more than 50% were migrants. And mortality among this cohort was actually much less than the native population. However, on subgroup analysis, they found that migrants are overall younger and tend to have less comorbidities. Therefore, they concluded that active TB is not a strong predictor of mortality. However, in nearly all who died of SARS-CoV-2, the virus was actually acquired nosocomially, highlighting the importance of in-hospital infection control measures to protect patients without COVID-19. A literature review compiled demographic, clinical, laboratory, and imaging characteristics from 2,597 pediatric patients with COVID-19. Analysis of their symptoms revealed that 7.6% were asymptomatic, 41-45% to had mild or moderate disease, 4.4% had severe disease, and 0.9% were in critical condition. Lung imaging from these studies found no obvious abnormalities in 43% of these patients and inflammatory lesions in the other 56.5%. Common findings in their laboratory results were leukopenia, increased inflammatory markers, as well as creatinine and urea nitrogen elevations. Understanding the Pathology Authors theorize that the degree of androgen sensitivity in patients may predict their vulnerability to COVID-19. This may explain the increased susceptibility to COVID-19 in certain groups, such as male adults, and that anti-androgen medications with benign side effect profiles could be considered as prophylactics. Transmission and Prevention 
A Cochrane systematic review of studies simulating PPE donning and doffing found that utilizing PPE with better overall coverage, such as a papper instead of an N95 or a gown versus an apron, can reduce contamination rates as suspected. However, they found that increasing coverage often resulted in a more complicated application. And this is important because contamination rates were also reduced when the PPE could be easily removed in one step. Other factors that contribute to reduce contamination rates were double gloving and formal video or in-person training on donning and doffing. Management. A systematic review limited to case control and cohort studies found no association between ACE inhibitors and risk of COVID-19 infection, severity, or mortality, but they did observe a decreased risk of mortality compared to patients taking other antihypertensive medications. A common finding of bronchoscopies performed on 93 intubated COVID-19 patients was diffuse, thick hypersecretions in the airway, and 28% had a positive culture for microorganisms commonly found in ventilator-associated pneumonias. This necessitated new antibiotic therapy. However, authors did not weigh the benefits of bronchoscopy against the risk to patients and clinicians, and further research is needed. And to help you adjust your practice in this pandemic, we present guidelines and recommendations for practice, including from the International Committee of the Red Cross on Managing Infected Human Remains, Management of Metastatic Prostate Cancer, Considerations for Bariatric Surgery, and Workflows for Rehabilitation in a Field Hospital Setting. This can all be found in full on our website, covid19lst.org. A survey of over 3,800 individuals with inflammatory bowel disease found that 64% worried that their immunosuppressive treatment increased their risk of infection. 96% of these patients maintained their treatment regimens. However, 44% reported that they did not receive any guidance from their doctors on this matter. This shows that generally adherence remains high during the pandemic. However, better communications from doctors could alleviate the worry. A 62-year-old patient on chemoradiotherapy treatment for oropharyngeal squamous cell carcinoma tested positive for SARS-CoV-2 one month after starting therapy. The treatment was discontinued for two days until the disease process was noted to be mild, at which point CRT was resumed. His respiratory condition resolved, showing that mild cases may still be treated with CRT safely, though more studies are required on the matter. R&D Diagnosis and Treatments Although the average sensitivity and specificity of our current antibody testing is 84% and 98% respectively, statistical analysis suggests that positive predictive value of this antibody test can be as low as 30% in areas with a lower disease prevalence. Developments in Treatment A retrospective cohort study of 65 hospitalized patients in Brooklyn, New York, showed a higher survival rate and lower intubation rate in patients who received calcium channel-blocking medications, such as nifedipine or amlodipine, as part of their COVID-19 treatment. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Continue to stay informed with us. Read less, do more. With, with COVID-19LST.org.